So we're going to have an intense conversation. Uh, you don't know about it yet, uh, <laughs> but I do. And in fact, I need, I need, to, I need to forewarn you a, a little bit that, uh, that what we're going to talk about is, is really intense. At moments, there'll be complexity to it that might tempt you to turn the conversation off. Do not, if in the midst of this, if you're like me at all, sometimes my, I get distracted. And if you get distracted and then you kind of regain focus, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Just get back on the tracks. All of our locations are about to go into one of the most intense conversations we've ever had. Uh, I think you would agree that we're in the midst of a season of life that is full of evil. So the fellows at RCMU and East, West, those are still trying to camp. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, evil. If you aren't familiar with Stranger Things, some of you are like, that's just strange. And you're like, I don't even know what that's about. You might not have Netflix. It's a show on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, I'm not telling you to go get Netflix. I I'm also not telling you to go watch Stranger Things. You, you make your own decisions. But the show has become one of the most popular shows ever on Netflix. And in fact, if you don't know just the premise, it, it's, it's a show, it's fake, but it's built on the 1980s, which for some of us, that's just fun to go back to the 80s. And, and they do an exceptional job at bringing you back to the 80s. But, but what happens is, is a young boy gets taken, he goes missing. And the show begins to walk out that it's not a normal missing person's case. There's evil involved, evil at a, at a dark level. The show does bring up the occult, it brings up evil, it brings up good, it brings up multiple dimensions. It goes there, and if you pay attention, it'll spook you a little bit. It's like Goonies gone to the horror film, kind of. So for some of you, you're like, I'm going to watch that, and you're like, no, I'm not watching that now. And, uh, but it talks about something we need to talk about, evil. Now, I know many of us know that evil exists, and, and you might regularly not think about it. I don't like to think about it. But because we don't like to think about it, it's immature to avoid it. it it's, it's immature of us. It would be naive of us to say, hey, if we pretend it doesn't exist and we don't talk about it, it'll go away. Uh-uh. In fact, evil's been happening, you know this, for years upon years upon years. Dark, dark, moment. I'll bring some to the front of your memory. The Holocaust, we know that. We learned about this in school. Spearheaded by a one man, six million people were killed. Murdered, murdered. Let's just use the word murdered, horrifically murdered. Uh, this, every year I help lead a group of people on a, on a pilgrimage to Israel. And this last year, we went to the Holocaust Museum there in Israel. And just like the one in D.C., it was gripping in a horrible way. Full of evil. The stories of evil over and over and over again. That's not, you know this, that's not the only evil. Some of you are aware of the Rwandan genocide. Where not just knives and guns and fists, but rape. Rape was used as a weapon. 
over, well, just hundreds of thousands of people died. In fact, in America, a lot of us don't even know about it. Full of evil. Then if you go even more and more to super, super recent history, if you, if you have a device, <laughs> a phone of any sort or, or a tablet, you and I, can, I mean, every day, if not every day, every other day, if you're like me, I wake up to what happened last night kind of things. And it's not good. I, re- I, remember, I remember anxiously wanting to read the paper to learn the scores from the previous day. Now you and I wake up to news about the evil. Um, filmmakers being accused and likely guilty of sexual harassment and rape. Politicians having to resign left and right because of things they should not have done. Even to go even more extreme, if you're not aware of this, uh, the numbers are, are around 21 million people are regularly sold for sex. All throughout the globe, children, men and women. There's horrific evil. And then you... You know where I might wondering if I'm going to mention that. Yeah, the most recent what happened in Vegas, where a man decided to just shoot at a massive group of people, ending the lives of 58 of them, and and you and I are left with the the news lines, right? If you like me at all, I don't know. I often wonder why. I mean, that's kind of the information we tend to hunt, right? Where we like, why did this person do this? What, what, would, what would compel one person or, or a group of people to do this? If you're anything like me, like when you hear about racism, you're like, who, why? why? Like, why still? Why, why is this an issue still? There's evil. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't know where it comes from, here's what I have seen. If you avoid the presence of evil, in, in the sense of you're not going to acknowledge it, you're not going to deal with it, you're going to be like, I'm just going to stay uninformed about it, then I would say that you are more in danger of it overcoming you. So if you have anything in your head, I, I think you're there. None of us like evil. I say all of us would say, if there's a way to get this out, to, to end it, to stop it, to, to like, hey, can we hit the pause button or the permanent stop button? Uh, there's not a single one of us who thinks it's good. So if you don't, which I, if you don't think it's good, we've got we've to lean into the facts of it just a bit. And I know it's intense. This will not be a sermon full of like that guy's funny you're gonna be like that guy is overly intense but we got to talk about it and so we're gonna leverage a very popular show to talk about evil and so i am gonna teach you some things that well you may not know and in fact some of you just be like i don't know that so much i don't know if i agree with you (laughs) just listen just listen but to talk about evil, we're not going to go to the apple. We're not going to go to Adam and Eve and, and go to that conversation. Because if you didn't know this, evil began before the whole fruit-eating incident. If you're not familiar with it, it's in Genesis. Most of us have at least seen paintings about it. Uh, it actually began before. It's been spearheaded. It's been levied by 
one. And I know it seems odd, but we got to have a sermon about the evil one. So I'm going to show you as much of the scripture as I possibly can to help you know that one, this is not my opinion. <laughs> and two, I don't enjoy the conversation. But three, if you believe in heaven and you believe in hell and you believe that that all matters, let's have a mature conversation about evil. Let me show you multiple places, but we'll start here. Um, in Isaiah, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Yep, Lucifer. Some of you are like, didn't expect to hear that in the sermon. Just did not. Lucifer. So if you don't know his, his name, Lucifer, it meant morning star. Just to give you just a bit of a glimpse, and you've got Lucifer, and obviously you immediately now see, you probably knew this, but in case you didn't, he has fallen. He was kicked out of heaven. He used to be in heaven, by the way. Some of us are like, what? Yeah, he used to be in heaven. What happened? Well, this begins to give us some evidence, and in fact, Lucifer, while in heaven, started giving in to some feelings. He started wanting certain things. I'll show them to you. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Said in your heart. Let me, no, there we go. He said in your heart. So just so you know, he said, this is going right at Satan. This was said in the heart. This is, this is stuff he's thinking. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. This is Lucifer who claims to want the throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend by the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You now see the problem. <laughs> if you don't know this, Lucifer, who were like, is that the guy like in the red cape with the tail? And I don't think that's how he looks. But if we're talking about the devil, yes, Lucifer was in heaven. And he started wanting, craving things in his heart, actually beginning the process of taking over being the Most High. So he was kicked out. He was kicked out. He was sent down to nothingness and given a new name, the adversary, which in language meant Satan. His new name went from Lucifer to Satan. So for those of us, I, I, mixed of us, we, we call the devil all different kinds of things. Uh, from Satan to Lucifer to the devil to the evil one to the deceiver to the adversary. You just need to know that's where some of these names come from. And this is intense. If you, if you, if you don't like evil, which I don't think you do, if you, if you want to deal with it, you've got to know that there was a moment that Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. Now, what's his big deal? I don't know if you ever thought about that, but like, like the devil, Satan. Like, what's his thing? What's he trying to do? Like, okay, so he kicked out of heaven. He's obviously not in heaven anymore. Like, what's the deal? I'll tell you. It's very simple, but profound. You've got to hold on to this. Satan wants us to worship anyone or anything other than God. That's what he wants. That's what he craves. That's what he thinks about processes and tries to get to happen as much as possible. I know we call it temptation or messing up, but this is his agenda, is to get you and I to worship just about anything. He'd love for us to worship him. 
but anything other than God will do. Just trying to give you the root of evil. Why do people do certain things? It's because you have Satan prompting, leading in multiple ways, and his agenda is to get us to worship anything and everything other than God. Now, some of us are like, well, that sounds like a good plot to a movie, right? We watch enough movies and TV shows that we think, well, of course, right? That's what happens. Well, no, see, this is not fairy tale. This is not make-believe. If you want to know why the things that are great in your life will fall apart, if you want to know why relationships crumble, if you want to know where addiction comes from, if you want to know where all the bad and the evil and the stuff that's destroying us, if you want to know where it comes from, this conversation helps us because I'm going to tell you, Satan, the evil one's trying to get us to worship anything. Why? Do you know that there's an answer to why? His agenda, like, like what's got him so stirred up that he is so after you and I? And why specifically worship? Why is worship a big deal both to God and to Satan? Well, I'm about to share some things with you that you may not have ever read in your Bible. It's in the Bible, for those of you who are worried about that. It's in the Bible, but whew, when you begin to put the puzzle pieces together, you get a lot of clarity only if you listen. I'll show it. In Isaiah, this verse exists. Your pomp, which you're like, I haven't used that word regularly. Your splendor, your, your glory, your majesty. Your pomp is brought down to Sheol. Now to, to save some time, just it's the pit of nothing, the cistern, the well of nothing. He was kicked out. This is, this is about Satan was kicked out, sent down to this, this nothingness. And the sound of your stringed instruments. Now, the reason for this, I just need you to remember this. If you're, if you're like, David, I can't remember anything. I got to write it down. Well, then write it down. Text it to yourself right now. But I don't want you forgetting this, stringed instruments. This is so important, and it will make sense when we get to the end. But you got to remember that when talking about Satan, he seems to have stringed instruments. At first, you're like, who cares? David, I got a guitar too. No, this, that, that's a, no you just, just hold on to this information. This will make sense because it applies directly to your life. We're about to, not yet, we're about to hop to an entire different book of the Bible. See, here's the problem. A lot of us don't know much about Satan because we read our Bibles just for one verse at a time. And in fact, nowadays, current culture loves to take one verse and say, I want it to mean this. And we don't do that as a church. When we talk about, when we preach, we take the whole scripture, the whole Bible, preach from the whole thing. Not at one time, you're welcome, but we preach from the whole thing, the meaning. You can't just take one verse and say, I want it to mean now, because can we not all take one thing that someone said and twist it? So the reason that many of us do not know much about Satan is because it's in multiple places in the Bible that we have to read about and put together. So I will now hop over to Ezekiel. Now when you first read Ezekiel, this is going to be addressed and looked like it's being written to a king, which it technically is being written to a king. But oftentimes, if you didn't know this, God would send a message to Satan through another person. And you're like, I never want to be that other person. <laughs> One time Jesus 
was scolded by one of his disciples. And Jesus looked at his disciple and said, get behind me, Satan. It's because Jesus was talking to Satan, not Peter. So this is addressed straight to Satan. Many of us have not thought about that or read that or known that, but in the Bible, there are portions of the Bible that were written directly, sent a message to Satan. I will show it to you here. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, here's why. Just, I just want to show you some evidence. Like, how, David, how do you know this was to Satan? Well, because we know this. There were only four people ever allowed in Eden. There's God, Adam, Eve. You remember the whole serpent incident? Four. So this is obviously not to the king who's getting the message because he was never in Eden. If you don't know the story, no one was allowed to go back in. Like flaming swords guarded that bad boy. And so he's like, no one's going in. So we know this is to Satan. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now watch this. Every precious stone was your covering. I'll explain this, but let me read it first. The sardius, topaz, and diamond. Some of you are like, you're nudging your significant other. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Uh, Barrel, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Lucifer, while in heaven, just to give you clarity, was covered uniquely, different than anyone else. Covered in precious stones. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you about precious stones. One, they're really expensive. But more importantly, a precious stone in a dark room doesn't matter. In a dark room, you, can, you can't be like, hey, I think there's a diamond over there and there's gold right You don't know. Not until the light hits the stone. One of the things that you and I actually enjoy about precious stones is when the light hits it. They are designed to reflect light. Lucifer, while in heaven, was adorned and covered with these stones because he was supposed to reflect something, the light. I will tell you quickly, the glory of God. It was symbolic. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Ooh, on the day you were created. Now, most of us like timbrels and pipes, no idea. No idea, but I'm going to pretend like I know what that is. Mm, good point, David. No, let, let's, let's explain this. Timbrels and pipes. Pipes, you're probably, it's a wind instrument, right? According to Scripture, according to the Bible, when Lucifer was made by God, which that'll mess with you for a while, Lucifer was made by God for a job, put into heaven, covered with stones and gems that would reflect the presence of God, but also God made in him, remember stringed instruments? Wind instruments and timbrels. If you're like timbrels, 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 tambourines, percussion instruments. Lucifer in heaven was the worship leader in heaven. Now, I know a lot of us are like, what are you saying? Some of you now think I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you heresy. Some of you think that, oh, and some of you know you've known this for a while. While in heaven, 
Lucifer was made for a very specific role. And I would tell you, I believe it was to lead worship, was to lead people to glorify God, to see how amazing God was. That's what a worship leader's job is, is to draw all attention onto God. Now, to give you some more nerdy information around this, there were actually three archangels. You've heard of them. There's Gabriel whose job was to bring the word of God. He had authority over third and would bring the word of God. Come on, Mary was visited by Gabriel. Hey, I got, I got some news for you. Uh, Michael would bring the answers of prayer from God and would deliver them. And Lucifer was in charge of bringing the worship of God. See, this can stir things up in you. If you are paying attention so far, what you have learned is this. Is yes, there is evil in this world. But if you go back, 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 really far back, there was a moment in heaven where Lucifer, the worship leader, got kicked out. And this is all about evil. And if you're like, why did he get kicked out? There was something about his heart earlier. He wanted to be the most high. Well, I can show you in Ezekiel, because I'm not making this up. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God, heaven. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Watch this. Till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, now obviously I underlined it, so obviously I'm going to come back to it. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned, seeing the trading linked to his sin. What he did wrong was linked to this trading. I'll explain it in a moment. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, cast out of heaven, and I destroyed you, a covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Trading. Now trading, you're like, uh, what, were they, what was he trading? I'll explain. Just the best way is to go to modern day right now. Let's say you went to a store and you bought something for 20 bucks. You gave them $20 cash. Here you go. They put it in a bag. You leave. You go to your car. However, the cash register person takes your 20 bucks, puts it into the little drawer there, but pulls out $5 for themselves and slips it into their pocket. If you've ever owned a business, you're like, I know exactly that. Some of you have done this, and this is not a time for confession. But Some might call this embezzlement, right? This is where you take money that's not yours. The original word there was referring to merchandising. Lucifer, while in heaven, was taking some of the praise meant for God that he was supposed to reflect, that he was leading people in, in singing and worshiping of God, and he began to take some of it for himself, thinking, oh, I want to be God too. This is amazing. And for those of us who are hating on him, a lot of us actually would love to have a day or two that was all about us. And that's what began to happen. He started to want the days, the moments to be about him. So now that you know Lucifer was made by God to lead worship, that he was in heaven but kicked out because he started accepting some of the praise and wanting life to be about him and him actually wanting to become God, you need to know something else. Satan is still a worship leader. 
This is where the sermon turns. Oh, he's still leading worship, but it's not worshiping God. It's not worship of God, but you need to know why does evil exist is because you have a worship leader kicked out of heaven because he sinned, and now he's so mad that he wants you and I to make the same choices. So if you want to know why do people make stupid choices, it's a worship issue. But we're worshiping the wrong things, the wrong people. Or oftentimes the Bible even says, Jesus got at this, is that when our worship of God is apathetic, when it's weak, when it's lukewarm, he would just rather spit us out. And so for many of us, the evil in our lives is apathy. And the devil, Satan, loves it because he's a manipulator evil is a master plan of manipulation and if you don't know when you wake up and you live through your day and you begin to just do whatever you do during the day and then you go to bed the whole evil plan is to manipulate what you want to do and what's good he wants to twist it and make you worship things you should never worship you really want to make be uneasy? I'll make you uneasy. We are all worship leaders. Because if you remember what God created in Lucifer, you actually got it too. You see, you got yourself some percussion instruments. Some of us are not very good at it. You have stringed instruments called vocal cords. And you have breath that goes over those. And if you could just imagine with me, this is not in the Bible, but I will imagine just for a moment to help us. If you can imagine a moment where God decided to form the earth. He read about it in Genesis where God decides to take randomness and nothingness and to piece it together and to form what you and I know as home and earth. When he went down there, just so you know, that's where Satan was roaming, and if you can imagine, Satan's starting to egg on God a bit. Mad at him, maybe. Like, hey, where's your worship leader now? You don't have anybody to lead you in worship. And God reaches down and grabs some dirt and breathes into it and forms mankind. He says, there's my worship leader. And so if you don't know who you are, you were created by God for the sole purpose of worshiping him and helping others know who he is so they can worship him. And that's why Satan hates you, because you have his job. And so he wants you to fall into the same pit that he fell into. And so, yes, he wants to spite God, but he wants to spite you. So if you're like, hey, what's the big deal? Why are you focusing on me? Like, what am I to you? Well, you got his job. And if you've ever had someone take your job, you know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Worship has always been the issue. Let me, I'll show it to you. The Ten Commandments. I would imagine a good portion of us have heard the Ten Commandments. I will not ask you if you know them because some of us will be like, oh no. Some of you are quick and you will Google it fast. Uh, but let me just refresh your memory. If worship is the primary, do you understand that the first commandment, if you're going to make a list, typically whatever's number one is perhaps maybe the most important, the most critical. 
Well, if you have forgotten, the first one is all about worship. Worship only one God. Why would God say, all right, I'm writing Ten Commandments. First one, we got to talk about worship. I would say because he's well aware of what Satan's trying to do, is get you and I to worship other gods. Then Jesus is asked, hey, would you summarize everything for us? And he said, sure, no problem. Love the Lord your God with everything. Love one God. There's only one God. Don't love anyone else. He didn't say love like this person nice and that. No, love the Lord your God with everything you have. Worship one God, the Lord. So God has known always that the source of evil, the source of our temptations is manipulated worship. Now, I wasn't certain if we all would truly know what worship is. Because someone was like, oh, it's, it's songs. No, it's, it's, it's not just songs. Here's a definition of worship. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. So that's when we sing, if you pay attention to the words, you're honoring God with extravagant love and extreme submission. If you don't like how often we as a church talk about sacrifice of our time and our talents and our treasure, the reason is rooted in worship, to honor God with extravagant love and extreme submission. Here's what's going on in our world today, is Satan is getting you and I to worship with extravagant love and extreme submission in the wrong things. And right now, I will not make anyone raise their hands. Some of us are totally, extremely submitted to our favorite sports team. To the demands of other people. To peer pressure. To money, to wealth, to our jobs. Some of us are submitted to our kids and whatever that they want. And can I just say, in summary of this is that Satan has us so distracted with submission to things that don't matter as much as God. Oh, your family is important. You better believe that. But God said, God, God, love the Lord your God with everything you have. Our issue your issue, my issue, is a worship issue. It's an extravagant love and submission issue. And to bring the levity, to bring the significance, let me show you something in the Bible. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because there's evil. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's a worship issue. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a worship issue. And nowadays, there's probably more than ever a ton of choices to love extravagantly and to submit yourself to. But you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to say, oh my, 
evil so big, and you're telling me that Lucifer, who's now Satan, is roaming this earth? Yes, yes. He roams. That will freak you out for a while. Yes, there's evil. Yes, demons are real. Yes, but you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to sit and go like, oh, I guess we're going to lose. I guess it's over. No. (laughs) No. Romans. Romans tells us, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. And then if you're like, well, I don't know what nothing means. Okay. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor rulers, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you don't understand what that saying is, you defeat evil through Jesus Christ. His love for you, his love for me. That's why the Bible says if you choose to believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord, in other words, who you're going to give extravagant love and submission to, who you're going to turn your life over, who you're going to be all about, not perfectly, but you're going to be all about him. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to worship Jesus, then evil has nothing on you. You do not have to get defeated. You do not have to lose. Your marriage doesn't have to blow up. Your kids don't have to make poor choices. You don't have to fall into pits of despair. You don't have to get addicted. You get to defeat evil because of Jesus. So your life's problems, mine too, our world's problems with evil is a worship issue. And every single day you and I wake up, and choose who or what we will worship that day. And if you're anything like me, I often make very poor choices with that. So I can offer you some help. Two words. Focus and consistency. If you want to turn the table and if you want to start defeating evil in your life where it doesn't overcome you every day, where it doesn't break everything up in your life, if you actually want victory over it, then focus and consistency. In other words, who has the focus of your worship? You choose that every day. You don't have to live in insecurity of, am I saved today? Am I saved? No, no, no. I'm talking about who are you going to worship? And you make that choice. And with your time, and your talents, and your treasures, with everything that you've got, with the power of God inside of you, you direct your focus of worship on Jesus. And then perhaps the one we're worst at, you must do so consistently. That's why I keep saying every morning, every morning. Some of us, it's every morning, every mid-morning, every lunchtime, every early afternoon, late afternoon, evening, and just before we go to bed, and maybe even in the middle of the night, consistency. It's why whether I'm in the mood or not, I often will put on music that directs my thoughts onto God, even though like I want to listen to this new album or that, but I know 
I need to have the things of God on my mind fresh because evil does not seem to pull back and relent. It seems to always go after me, and I think it's the same with you. Focus and consistency. This conversation about evil does not have to be a downer. It can actually be one of the greatest conversations we ever have as a church. But if you want to know why we exist, why did Jesus say, I'm going to build the church, I'm going to start the church, I'm going to let the hope of everything I've got go out through the churches, because you and I were originally intended to worship him and to help anyone and everyone know who he is. It wasn't like, well, I kind of want this carpet and this kind of chair and the music better be like this and, and they better do this with my, no, no, no. It's that we worship in everything we can. Now, in a group like this, here's what I know. Not all of us, not all of us have actually decided to submit our lives to the Lord, to Jesus, to, to our God. And the Bible says that's the critical first step, is to actually submit yourself, to declare that you are going to be a follower of Jesus. And so we will not leave this moment without giving anyone and everyone the opportunity for the first time to actually submit yourself to God. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for you to bow your heads, close your eyes, because boy, do we all get distracted. And if you're ready or willing to submit your life to the one and only God, the only God that has ever existed, the only God that will ever exist, the one true God, Jesus Christ, who came down to this earth to intervene on behalf of us, to save us of our sins. If you're ready to submit your life to him, to follow him, to learn about him, to love him, to worship him each and every day, it's time to tell him that. And so privately, let me help you have that conversation. Just pray this to God or grab a hold of your own words privately pray this to God. God, I submit my life to you. I have listened to evil too much. I have submitted myself to many things, many people. I have extravagantly loved many of the wrong things. And today, God, I ask that you forgive me of all of that. And I accept that forgiveness. And I submit my life to you. I will worship you every day and every night that I have remaining. I pray this in the name of Jesus who has saved me. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up if you're able. And we're going to close with just a brief portion of a song. Sometimes we, we worship God, we sing, and we 